Well, good morning and welcome to Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright. It's so good to be with you on this Monday morning, July 24th, as we enter into the final week of the month here. We've got about a week and change uh, before we end this month of July. Let's begin our morning together in prayer in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, I hope you had a great weekend. I hope it was just fantastic. The weather was absolutely beautiful. I was able to spend some time outside Saturday. I was able to spend some time outside Friday evening. Uh, yesterday, I didn't do much of anything. It was a pretty uh, pretty lazy day around the house, except for going to Mass yesterday. We just spent some time together as a family. I did want to share with you just this beautiful thought uh, that happened over the weekend. I was at the Sacrament of Reconciliation, and we had a visiting priest, which is, you know, am I the only one that ever feels like that's a little bit of a bonus? That it, it, I don't know why. I mean, I know, I know in my head that the priest is acting in the person of Christ, that he's bound by the seal of the sacrament, and uh, that what's said in the confessional stays in the confessional. I've talked to many priests that say pretty much the minute you leave, they forget what you talked about. They, they uh, exercise that habit, right? But when there's a visiting priest, it's like all the, all the better, right? But he made the point, he said in the gospel this weekend, we were going to hear about the wheat and the, the weeds growing together and, and how the master said, don't pull the weeds because it might kill the wheat. Now, I, he- I heard a great homily about this too, that in our modern gardening, we don't do that. We see weeds, we pull weeds because we know they pull the moisture out of the soil and so on and so forth. But he said, you know, God planted, the, the confessor said this to me, God planted this good seed in you. And yet the enemy has come and he's thrown the seeds for weeds down in your life. And the weeds are going to grow. And you have to let the master of the garden separate those weeds from the wheat in your life. And so it's so good that you're here. And I don't know why that struck me, but it just did. Today on the show, we're going to learn a, uh, a word we've talked about before. And it's relating to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary and how we often say the two hearts are beating as one, two hearts, one mission. Uh, There's a lot of things we say. Well, did you know there's actually a word to describe scientifically what's happening there? And that's fetal microchimerism. Fetal microchimerism. Say that five times faster. Play that in a game of Scrabble. What does it mean? Well, you'll find out later on in the show. We're also going to hear about Mary Magdalene and the power of reparation. This past Saturday was the Feast of St. Mary Magdalene. And then uh, later on, we're going to hear about the Eucharistic Heart of Jesus and Fatima. And finally, we'll be talking with Julie Lassiter about the, uh, the joys of being open to a big family and especially as we come up on this anniversary of Humanae Vitae, um, we're going to talk about just what it means to be open, what it means to be open to life. So that's all ahead on the show today. But first, let's go to Mike Roberts for our weather and our saint of the day. Well, today is the feast day of St. Charbel. 
Born high in the mountains of Lebanon in 1828, Charbel's baptismal name was Yusuf Makhlouf. After the death of his father, he was given responsibility for tending to the small family flock. He built a memorial in those fields to the Blessed Mother and would take time to pray to her and Jesus. In his 20s, he entered the Lebanese Maronite order and took the name Charbel, who was a second century hermit and martyr. Charbel studied philosophy and theology in 1875 and at the age of 47, he was given permission to live as a hermit. When called upon, he would go back into town and administer the sacraments and preach, and he was an outstanding preacher. Christians and non-Christians alike listened intently to his wisdom, and his reputation for holiness spread far beyond the borders of his community. In 1898, Charbel died at the age of 70, but after his death, numerous miracles were reported. Several people were healed, including Sister Mary Abel Kamali. Then, in 1993, on January 22nd, 55-year-old Noad El-Shami fell victim to paralysis. She had a dream in which she saw two Maronite monks. One operated on her neck while the other held a pillow. She did not recognize the second monk, but knew the first to be Charbel. She awoke with the pain and the paralysis gone. The following night, Charbel appeared to her a second time, telling her to visit the hermitage every month on the 22nd and attend Mass every day. People now gather every month on the 22nd at the Hermitage of St. Charbel. St. Charbel, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Prayer to Our Lady of Perpetual Help. O Mother of Perpetual Help, grant that I may ever invoke thy most powerful name, which is the safeguard of the living and the salvation of the dying. O purest Mary, O sweetest Mary, let thy name henceforth be ever on my lips. Delay not, O blessed Lady, to help me whenever I call on thee, for in all my needs, in all my temptations, I shall never cease to call on thee ever repeating thy sacred name, Mary, Mary. The last time Julie Lassiter was with us, we were talking about road trips and vacations with large families. And, you know, I always want to preface this. One of the beautiful aspects of our faith is the call to be open to life. And especially as we're getting ready to celebrate the anniversary of Humanae Vitae this month, uh, it is so important that Catholic married couples have that openness to life. Now, let's not conflate that with everybody is going to have a large family because there's a whole lot of factors and a whole lot of variables that we're not going to go into on the show. And that's not what we're here to say. But this segment, we are going to talk about our families that, you know, honestly, I think in the, the, the course of history, Julie, you and I do not have large families. No. Um, but in the, the year 2023, it's like, oh, my goodness, look at the rights. Do they get a group discount everywhere they go? And it's like, not really. We still don't qualify for that. But, uh, I'm Julie sure like 13, maybe. Yeah, right? Maybe if we put our families together. Julie yeah. Lassiter is back with us. Hello, that's everyone. the point. We're talking about openness to life and, and what that means when you have a big family. So stop me if you've heard this one before. Go. Are those all yours? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I have. I, I mean, I hope so. Last last I checked, yes. Yes. I, you know, unfortunately, some people will say something about them being all from the same dad. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's, um, yes, they, my husband. That is who we have as their father. 
And then, you know, just people just, I don't know if people intentionally try to hurt people's feelings or if they realize how it comes across. But I think a lot of times people are joking and they're like just saying something because they're uncomfortable by the number of children around me or, or if the kids aren't around, which I am thankful for the conversations that happen when they're not around because there's times I just don't want them to hear that. You know, Um, the biggest ones are, of course, you have your hands full. That one I can take with joyfully because then full Adam, of love, full, of, full love. of love. My husband always says, oh, full of joy. That's right. Hands are full of joy. Or he'll say, you should see our hearts. And I think that's just a beautiful way. They'll say, oh, how many kids do you have? Oh, you know, we have we have six kids, a heavenly baby. So seven. I tell people all the time, one child is challenging and is a, a commitment to our Lord and to, and to that child and our family. And after that, it's just one more sandwich. You know, he just tried yeah. to make, try to make it easy. So lately, my husband's been trying to reverse that mentality. When they're surprised that we have so many children, and then he says, "Oh man, you're in your rookie season. You're just getting started." And a friend of mine told me today, she's like, "You guys are lapping us." I'm like, "Well, it's not intentional. It's not. It's not a competition. <laughs> it's not about we have this money and you have this money." Again, it goes back to that openness to life that we're all called to, because we all have our own unique. Situations, And this is the thing. It's like I think the people that get that, whether they have no kids, two kids, three kids, 18 kids, they get what we're called to by our Catholic faith. They're like, you know what? Praise God that you have five or praise God that you have six and how how beautiful it is. They see the beauty in it. And that's that's the mindset that we're trying to uh, to go against the tide with in the culture is those that say, Oh my goodness! How could you have that many kids? You know, yeah. when when someone says, like, I don't mind the wow, your hands are full because yeah, then when I come back that. and say full of love, they're like, oh, that's that's great. It's the ones that say, do you know what you put your wife through? And I'm like, yeah, my wife knows what she was put through as well because you're right. With a big family, there's a lot of suffering, but you know what? There's also a lot of joy. Yeah, that makes is. all of that suffering worth it. Right. And how could we? You know, anytime I think of somebody like, oh, man, that's too many. I'm like, did you want to pick one out to get rid of? Because I don't. I love all of them. You know, for someone to say something negative like that, it just really surprises me. It does continue to surprise me. And then I'm honestly called to pray for those people that have a negative view on it. But it is so much about perspective. And a lot of times God will bless you. If you're a family, a large family, and you're holding on to a little resentment, maybe it could even be from family, family pressure. Sometimes, sometimes grandparents are like, are you sure that's what you want to do? And like, well, sometimes God knows better than we do. So he is helping us make this decision. Yes, we co-create with the Lord and you have to be open to life for life to exist and you make decisions. Sometimes it's unexpected. Sometimes you're open to it, and it's still unexpected. <laughs> you know, all I can hear is the voice of John Paul II, St. John Paul II right now, though, echoing the words of the scriptures, be not afraid. Mm-hmm. Be not afraid. Because I'll tell you what, this month as we talk about Humani Vitae, and the, people are just going to say, well, those Catholics, you know, they're not open to contraception. Why do you Catholics not use contraception? I mean, you know what's going on here. And it's like, yeah, we do. And and I don't want to lie to you and say there are times that, it, that it's always sunshine and roses. It's right. not. But let me ask you this, Julie. Where you were when you and Pete first got married and you said, all right, are we going to follow church teaching and be open to life? And where you are now, would you change it for anything? Oh, no, I wouldn't. You know, when we first got married, we told people we wanted 12 kids and they they were surprised. Um, We're only halfway there. (laughs) Now, I'm I'm a little older these days, right? We had some different spans between our kids' ages, but we've always just been very open to what God wants. Now, there just like you said, there's challenging times. There's times when you're overwhelmed, but it's usually the juggle of the outside world. 
in the domestic church in our home. And it's like, how do we keep that strong? What, how can we be devoted to our family? And um, when we think about how much work pulls us out of the house, how much different activities we have to weigh, what's important? Is it important to be home, be still, be quiet? Is it important in this in this instance to um, cancel our plans and just be a family, recenter ourselves? And we have to evaluate that too. You know, even when we go on vacation, you, sometimes you need a vacation from vacation because yeah. vacations were stressful or the road trip home was very crazy and you need time off mentally to come back. It may just be a walk in the woods. It may be a little bit more than that. It's about finding where God can work through you in the best way and having your domestic church, your family see you defend them in public, which is a beautiful thing in a, in a charitable way. Um, if someone says something negative, that you respond with love and charity. I think that's super important, whether it's our hands are full of joy or, you know, oh, you're just getting started. For a dear friend of mine and I were chatting, and she shared that her mom's response to people when they would say something kind of negative about big families, she would say, my mom said my kids' siblings are the best gift I could give them. And I thought, man, that's powerful because what, what else in this life can we give our kids? But And my kids love, they love babies. They want us to have more kids. And I, I think that's interesting that even my oldest, 14, he's like, Mom, are you going to have another baby? I'm like, hey, back off, buddy. You know, <laughs> No, I didn't say that. I was like, well, you know, we're open to it. I said, how would you feel about it? Because it does affect him. He's the oldest. It's a lot more work on him. And he was like, oh, no, I think, I think it'd be great. You know, and they were super excited about the new baby when he, when he came just 10 months ago. So um, I do think that's a beautiful thing, a gift to your kids. Their greatest one is their siblings. Yeah, the, the beautiful thing about it is sometimes it's a matter of saying it's not that it's any easier. It's just that we've done it before and we know how to navigate it. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's where I come back to that whole be not afraid, mm-hmm. be not afraid. And, and you know what? One day as they get older, you know, so you have your hands full, but no longer full of groceries because now I have a bunch of little hands that are able to lift the groceries <laughs> and help carry them in. And not only help carry them in and help put them away. Yeah. And Beth and I, we, you know, for years we've dreamed of going to Ireland, but we chose to say no. We're called we're called to be open to life. And so we said yes to that. And that means we haven't been to Ireland yet. And one day, God willing, we'll get there. But I can't think of a single kid we would trade for the ability to go to Ireland. Absolutely. I, I got goosebumps you saying that because even Pete and I went on an anniversary trip and we had four kids at home and the youngest was like seven months. And we have a wonderful family that is super supportive. Um, And we got to go on that trip and it was a trip of a lifetime. And now I'm like, okay, now we want to go to do um, the the way of St. James. There's no way (laughs) it's going to happen right now. Um, One, it's a very long journey. It can be, you know, you can do a short one, but if you're going to go, you might as well go. You and, you, you and Pete and Beth and I will all go together. We'll have our walkers by the time um, we get there. But, you know, it'll, I'll it'll do still the bus be worth tour. it. Yeah. <laughs> I promise you the bus tour. <laughs> but, but, the, now, the, the one thing we're full of right now is time. And we're going to take a break here on Roadmap to Heaven. But Julie Lassiter, it's always great to have you it was great to be here. with us. So uh, stay tuned for more. A most commendable indulgenced prayer to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Most Sacred Heart of Jesus. Shower copiously thy blessings on thy holy church, on the supreme pontiff, and on all the clergy. Grant perseverance to the just, convert sinners, enlighten infidels, bless our parents, friends, and benefactors, assist the dying, liberate the souls of purgatory, and extend over all hearts the sweet empire of thy love. 
Jesus, Mary and Joseph, most kind, bless us now and in death's agony. From a sudden and unprovided death, deliver us, O Lord. Here we are at the start of a new week on this Monday. It's time for our Daily Dose of Encouragement with Patty Schneier. Patty, what is our topic this week? This week I'm going to share some prayers of the saints. Full disclosure, I got them from the Laudate app, but when I read them, I thought to myself, my goodness, what a treasure chest of prayers that we have from the saints. And when I think about that these may have been written in the Middle Ages or who knows when, and some of them I know when, I'm just blown away by what a gift these prayers are, handed down, preserved for all these centuries, and now given to us, and we can just pop on an app and have these incredible prayers. So today I'm going to start with a prayer of St. Anselm. Oh, merciful God. Fill our hearts, we pray, with the graces of your Holy Spirit, with love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, humility, and self-control. Teach us to love those who hate us, to pray for those who despitefully use us, that we may be the children of your love, our Father, who make the sun to rise on the evil and the good and send the rain on the just and the unjust. In adversity, grant us grace to be patient. In prosperity, Keep us humble. May we guard the door of our lips. May we lightly esteem the pleasures of this world and thirst after heavenly things. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. That was written by St. Anselm, who lived from 1033 to 1109. And I read that and thought, holy cow, guard the door of my lips. Do I need that prayer? Or I love the part that just said, Teach us to love those who hate us. Teach us in in, in adversity, grant us grace to be patient. His words are so timely for all of us right now. So look it up, the prayer of St. Anselm, and see if that doesn't speak to your heart. Print it out, have it somewhere in your house, or stick it in your prayer book, and, and start to pray these beautiful prayers of the saints. We have this treasure. We don't have to reinvent the wheel And sometime in your holy hour, maybe just whip one of these out and pray these prayers. Isn't it great when a prayer makes you stop and go, oh, yeah, I need to pray that today. Patty, this prayer has done that for us. Thank you for today's dose of encouragement. The Holy Catholic Church infallibly teaches that the second person of the Most Holy Trinity, our Lord Jesus Christ, is present body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Most Blessed Sacrament and that it is a sacrilege to receive Holy Communion in the state of mortal sin. Let us pray the Fatima prayer to the Most Holy Trinity. Most Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I adore Thee profoundly. I offer Thee the most precious body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ, present in all the tabernacles of the world, in reparation the outrages, sacrileges, and indifferences whereby He is offended and through the infinite merits of his most sacred heart and the immaculate heart of Mary, I beg of thee the conversion of poor sinners. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. Well, as we wrap up today, we just want to encourage you, um, and hopefully... Julie and I did an all right job with that earlier that this week as we celebrate NFP Awareness Week, Natural Family Planning Awareness Week, to be open to 
life. And, uh, you know, it's, I'll be perfectly honest with you that the church's teachings are sometimes not the easiest to live, but that doesn't give us an excuse. We don't say, well, I'm not going to do it because it's hard. You know what? I don't like doing the dishes at home, but we have to do the dishes. There's a greater good that comes about. And honestly, that's a bad comparison because, you know, when we're talking about doing the dishes, we're not talking about the eternal state of our souls. When we're talking about following the church's teaching on contraception and not using contraception, it's not just about, oh, here's something unpleasant we have to do. This is about the state of our souls. Using contraception is a mortal sin. It takes us outside of a state of grace. So, number one, if you find yourself there, make a good act of contrition, get to confession, do a good examination of conscience. Number two, if you're saying, but Adam, you don't understand what I'm going through, listen, I know life is hard and I'm not here to put myself in your shoes and say this is what you need to do or do it like this, or, but there is wisdom in the church's teaching and there is providence from God. And, you know, for us, it's always been a prayer of, Lord, please open our eyes and our hearts to see the beauty of this teaching. Number three, you're not alone in it. You know, if you're saying this is difficult to follow this teaching, you're not alone. So find people that want to follow it. You know, it's probably in anything in growing in holiness. If you want to pray the rosary more, hang out with people that pray the rosary all the time, right? If you want to grow in any virtue more, spend time with people that are strong in that virtue. You know, let them help carry you along. You want to be open to life. You want to be open to what God's calling you to. Then spend time with the people that are because they're going to have the encouragement. They're going to have the wisdom that you might need. And that's why I spend so much time. You know, I've said it on the show before. I'll say it again. When I go and play cards, it's not so much about playing cards, although that's a lot of fun. It's about the fraternal time with other men who are striving to grow in holiness and get to heaven as well. And to say, you know, we're encountering this as a family have you ever been through this? Them saying, yeah, here's what we did in sharing that time with one another. And finally, just to uh, throw this out there, you know, I, I, I can't help but reiterate this again. It's the openness we're talking to. And I have several friends who struggle with infertility, and they have expressed an amazing witness to what this means. It's very humbling. So, um, you know, Let's. Sometimes we like to joke around and say, oh, you know, it's a Catholic event when you see all the, the transit vans, the 15 passengers lined up. That's not going to be everybody, and that's okay. You know, God's called us each to our own path, and uh, let's follow our path. Let's strive to do his will for us, and maybe not so much worry about the paths that others have been called to. Let's pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Mother of the Church, pray for us. Saint Joseph, terror of demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, that's actually a really good reminder for me today. Spend time, more time asking for God's grace and, and just asking God to help me do his will. Less time worrying about uh, anything else. Just focus on those things. God, help me to do your will, and please give me the grace I need to do it. You've been listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. I'm Adam Wright. Thanks for being with us. Pray your rosary today.